Welcome to the Harvest Sound Podcast, for music and mission, truth and prophecy, creativity and compassion merge as one. All right, good morning, everybody. So it's an extraordinary, extraordinary time to be alive. Anyone figured that out yet? And um, we're just so grateful to the Lord for his great salvation and and the ability to, to know him and make him known. What a great privilege in this life, the greatest. And uh, the power of his word is relentless. It, 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 it comes back to him exactly how he intended it. And uh, that's why we should really uh, apply our lives to the power of God's word. And it really is our roadmap. It's, of course, the sword of the spirit. We talked about that last week. And and um, I'm going to take you to a passage in Luke. I was thinking about some of the, some of the parables of Jesus. And I um, was kind of struck again by this particular one. We might, we might have time to look at a couple, but for sure we'll start with this first one. This is Luke chapter 13, verse 22. Luke 13, 22. We can stand for the reading of God's word. We do that just out of reverence, saying we're standing on the word, standing on the promises. Amen? Okay, verse 22. Then Jesus went through the towns and the villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? Then he said to them, make every effort to enter the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, he will stand out, you will stand outside, knocking and pleading, sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will say, we ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from, away from me, all you evildoers. And there will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets of the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown out. People will come from the east, the west, the north, and the south, and will take their places at the feast of the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first, and first, who will be last. Please be seated. All right. So this, actually, the parables are right before it. You can take a look. But I feel like I'm supposed to start in on this portion, uh, and we might have time to look at the, there's a parable of the mustard seed and the yeast, which kind of sets up for this transaction between Jesus and this person who just, kind of cuts in on his journey towards Jerusalem and, uh, and asks this question, which I guess is a very important question, if you, if you think about it. Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? So, the, the, so Jesus, in this case, he doesn't just give a straight yes or no. He goes into this, this dialogue, this story, this imagery, and, and uh, I think it's a, a reality of how things are going to be at the end of the age, uh, and he starts to talk about a narrow door. Now, 
We know that Jesus himself is referred to as a, as a door. He is the door. And, and we have to go through him, through relationship with Jesus, to be able to be reconciled with our Heavenly Father. And um, how many people are thankful for the door, that God made a door? He made a way. And uh, let me try that again. How many people are thankful for the door? <laughs> Got to remember, Jesus is, is listening and watching, right? So it's like, how many people are thankful for the door? Okay, so Jesus, we're thankful. You made a way. You are the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through the Son. If you think about that, that sounds totally exclusive, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Because it is. (laughs) And that is an affront to to, uh, uh, humanity in many ways, even to many religions. Are you kidding me? Like Jesus is the way, that's a narrow door. Jesus, the name of Jesus, there's only one man by which we must be saved, one name under heaven. I mean, that's, that's kind of um, outrageous almost. You're like, man, there should be plenty of ways, right? I mean, you know, to pick your way, and that's kind of the universal thinking of our day, humanism and, and, you know, what works for you and all that good stuff. But here comes the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here comes the words of Jesus, and, and he says, a story that, and I find this story kind of slightly disturbing, not in the sense of, I, I, I believe, you know, I am his and he is mine and I'm saved and all that good stuff, but it's a bit of a wake-up call to our casual th- theology that just kind of says, yeah, yeah, I know, you know, we, we ate and drank with Jesus, we rubbed shoulders and da-da-da, and he says, wait a second, you don't understand. He says, make every effort, this is how he answers, are only a few going to be saved, Make every effort to enter the narrow gate. Now, that refers to the same word that's used when it comes to strive. Strive means to agonize like an athlete. We're not talking about uh, working so hard, good works to save yourself. We're not talking about that, but we're talking about uh, not taking it for granted, for one. Secondly, uh, making every effort to strive, to press in, to remember Apostle Paul says, run the race as ones who are going to win. Let me tell you something. God loves winners. He loves Jacobs who actually care about their future, their destiny, their inheritance. And he hates the Esau's that are just, you know, just feed my flesh right now. I don't care. I just want what I want right now. Whatever happens to me, whatever. And he, want, he loves the ones who, who take him serious, who take his word serious, who apply it and, and tremble at his word and tremble at this great salvation and who well, are willing to agonize like an athlete. How many people here are athletes or have been athletes and thankful for that discipline of, of being in sports? I remember I had a lot of years in hockey and then went on to uh, men's volleyball and, and I, I learned stuff. Yeah, I did a lot of men's, men's volleyball back in the day in high school. In Canada, you know, we don't have the big football deal, so we have, we have volleyball. We don't, anyways, but, uh, anyway, but, but I learned disciplines. I learned things uh, through my athletic training days. And I remember watching Daniel. Like, he was like, it seemed like all he did in high school was run, run, run. <laughs> he was running and running and, and, and disciplining and and the agony of it, it was like, it's painful. It hurts a little bit. Yeah. You get it? You know, to, to exert yourself. 
What if God expects us to exert ourselves when it comes to salvation? What? I thought it was a free gift, you know. We would just sit back and enjoy the ride. Well, I believe, you know, he's done the, the heavy lifting. He, he went to the cross. He paid the price. But there's something about us cherishing it and, and, and uh, uh, going after this great salvation and, and not getting sloppy and not getting casual about it, okay? So make every effort to enter the narrow gate. Uh, because many, let this sink in for a second. Because many, I tell you, because it puts a little I tell you in there also, like a little emphasis. Many, I tell you, he's already telling them, he says, but many, I'm telling you right now, will try to enter and will not be able to. Now, if you can just let yourself go there for a moment this morning. I know some of us just kind of put up our, our walls, our theological walls or whatever, and we don't even want to ponder such scriptures because it's kind of, it's so abrasive. It's so final. It's like eternal destiny. The door is either open for you or it's slammed in your face. But let's try to picture it for a moment because it's best to, to wrestle with these tough scriptures in this life and get it right then be surprised on that day when the first become the last and the many of the last become the first. Okay, he says, um, the owner, once the owner of the house, who's the owner of the house? Father God, probably in this case. The the owner, the master, gets up and closes the door. There's a day that God knows when he's going to close the door, our opportunity for salvation. Now that can close for you in a natural death, you, you expire at the end of your life, whatever many days you've been given, when that door will close. Or it could be the return of the Lord, the return of the king. And there's a, but there's a time when that door is going to close where we, we can't just ponder and decide, well, do I want salvation? Am I, am I all in for Jesus or not? There's going to come a day where it's, it's, like it's done, it's over, and now we give an account for our lives and even everything we've said and done. So once the owner of the, the house gets up, Father God knows the time and the day, and will stand. he says, you will stand. This is pretty intense. I don't know if he was talking to a straight-up Pharisee at this point or someone. Sounds like he's talking to a religious person, but he's saying, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, sir, open the door for us. But he will answer. I don't know you or where you come from. How many people want to know Jesus and be known by him? I mean, that should be one of the greatest passions of our hearts. I mean, you got anything better to live for? Really? And so he says, he says, he applies that this is a personal relationship. It's not about eating, drinking, teaching, rubbing shoulders in religious circles. It's about a personal, sincere, simple, and pure relationship with Jesus where we really know him and he really knows us and he is first and foremost that we care about his heart we care about his feelings that we we he is a best friend he's a savior but we also recognize him he is he's the judge we don't just just say well I'm just buddy buddies with Jesus you know sometimes I think some worship songs in in our modern era we can get a little a little too cozy sometimes we forget we forget that he also is the the living 
judge and the king of the earth and the king of the universes. And, and there, there's, there's a balance to all that. Does this make sense? The reverence, a holy reverence and a fear of the Lord. Woo, come on, someone. He is the door. And Father God, someday we'll close that door and many will, many will plead and, and knock. And then you will say, we ate and we drank with you and you taught in our streets. It's like, hey, we were in the, the good religious meetings. We were there. We saw it. We thought that was enough just hanging around. The holy crowd hanging around. I thought it was enough to just go to church. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, all you evildoers. Now that should make us tremble a little bit. I'm not trying, talking about a... a uh, unholy fear, but there's a holy fear that goes, whoa, you know, I want to be sincere unto the Lord. I want to be the real thing. I want to be close to him. I want to please him. I want to know him. I want to make him known. And, and the, the scary part of this transaction, I would say, this dialogue, is that it seems like there's going to be a lot of surprise people. Many are knocking, saying, wait a second, wait, 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 we thought we were good. And so let's just keep, keep going here. Away from me, all you evildoers. It's interesting. Jesus says, just break it down for a moment. He says, I don't know you. I don't know where you come from. Basically, you're not of my family. You're not of my flock. But one thing I do know about you is you do evil. And, and these guys, they, they thought they were good, but they weren't on the guest list. Their, lamb, their, their names were not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So when the master looks, he goes, no, you don't belong here in the wedding feast. You remember, let's just break for a moment before we go to that end. And Matthew 7, verse 13 says, Jesus says this. He says, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many, again, enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. We don't hear that preached too often, but we have to be reminded. There's a remnant. There's a select few. There's, there's a, a, a chosen people, a holy people, there's the elect that are the Lord's. And it looks here like the broad and easy road that leads to destruction says that's where the multitudes are. You can look around society and go, Lord, help us. What is happening? So many people going their own way, doing their own thing. And then on top of that, so many religious people that think, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good with Jesus. But maybe still doing their own thing. And they're, according to this passage here, seem to be the ones that are surprised. The pagans, they're, they're probably not even bothered knocking on the door and pleading and gnashing their teeth and all this. They're, just, they're probably like, man, I missed that one. Didn't. But the, the, it's the religious that didn't have relationship. Let's go on to, back to verse 28. 
Uh, we're in uh, Luke 13. There will be weeping there. There'll be gnashing of teeth. Watch this. When you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that's religious folk that could, re- that could recognize. There's Abraham. Oh, my goodness. There's Isaac. There's Jacob. There's all the prophets of the kingdom taking, taking their place in the feast of the Lord. Imagine you're seeing all that, and then all of a sudden your turn, but you yourselves will be thrown out. Away from me. People will come from the east, the west, the north, the south. The four winds are gathering in the harvest, even right now here at the end of the age. People are coming. And they will take their places. God has a place for you at the feast of the kingdom of God. There's a place designed for his children. Isn't that profound? Isn't that hopeful? I mean, that, we, should be, we should be like doing everything, like striving, pushing towards Holiness, righteousness. Lord, I want to know you. I want to max out for you in this life because you've gone and you've prepared a place for me. You shed your blood for me on earth and now you're preparing a place for me in the eternal realm. I want to be there. I want to be there. I don't want to miss it. And they says, indeed there are those who will be last who will be first and those who are first who will be last. And you can think also on, take a passage like that and, and look at, here's the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the, the, the Jewish elites who thought, thought they had it going on. And, they, and then here comes right after the, the resurrection of Jesus and, and his um, disciples are, are deployed to bring the gospel to who? The Gentiles. It's like, What? We're the elite. We're the ones. of We got Father Abraham. We got the lineage. And, and all of a sudden, here comes all these Gentiles. That, come on in. Come on in. I mean, thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of Gentiles coming in. And, 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 and Jewish people who said, let his blood be upon us. Let us be the accursed ones. They were ready to just, like, forsake the Messiah in such a way. All of a sudden, they're, like, for, for centuries now, watching all these Gentiles come and take their place, take their place. We need to pray for Israel. We need to pray that their eyes would open, that Israel would be saved. You know, we're grafted into that root, but they're the original root. We need to have honor for that. However, there is uh, my, uh, quite a dichotomy, quite a tragedy almost. If you look at what's happened over the centuries and the blindness, so many blind, so many secular. You go to Israel and there, there's all these humanistic sec- secular ones. And then there's the, the, the Orthodox Jews who are still stuck in the Old Testament and the letter of the law. And, it, and, and, and you kind of go, God, what's it going to take to shake this nation awake? We know there's things that God's going to do. There's such pressure going to come down on Israel that eventually I believe they're going to turn to the Lord, that there'll be no other hope. There'll be no other way. They can't put their hope in their ingenuity or their scientists or, or their ability to make money or rise to the top or be media moguls. Nothing will work at some point and they'll have to cry out to the name of Jesus, Yeshua, their Messiah. But for now, God's bringing in Gentile, Gentiles and whoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Woo, come on someone. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And so what does it mean, this narrow gate, this, this small gate, this narrow road that leads to life? It means there's not a lot of options except we either go his way 
It's your way, Yahweh. <laughs> we can't make up our own way, have our cake and eat it too. I mean, we either humbly adhere to the word of the Lord and the salvation through Jesus Christ and apply ourselves to that, or we're playing with fire, y'all. We're playing with fire. And so, this way of life that God has given us, uh, it requires vigorous, watch this, vigorous and total attention. It should be your first thing, your number one thing. This great salvation to walk with Jesus, to honor him. Woo, what a privilege. It's not just a song. It's not just a feel good. It's, it's, it's the very essence of why your heart beats every day. I want to honor him. I want to know him. I want to love him more and more and more. I remember I wrote a song. Let's see if I remember what it Oh, yeah, it was back when the, a lot of the Holy Spirit stuff was breaking out in the 90s, early 90s. And, um, and it was just a freedom broke, breaking out. It was amazing. There was a prophetic worship was starting to happen and, or whatever. We didn't know what to call it back then, but some extraordinary things were happening. And uh, I remember I wrote a song that goes, I can dance, jump, sing. I can do anything, but I just want to love you more. I can scream, run, shout. Uh, da, da, da. I wish I remembered it all. It was pretty cool. Uh, I could make a big holy scene, all this stuff, you know, but I just want to love you more. I can dress up real clean and make a big holy scene, but I just want to know you more. All that, remember how Jesus is so hard on the, on the exterior religious who just know how to put on a show, know how to talk right, act right in public, and it, but it's, they're fakes and they're frauds, and the Lord sees right through them, and he says, I hate hypocrites. Woo! Lord, deliver us from that. Who wants to be sincere? Yes. <laughs> Jesus. You know, you know how you get on the, the guest list? You be sincere. You be sincere and you put your faith in the blood of the Lamb and not in our, our own doing or our religious activities. And the cool thing, it's not just a guest list. It's the Lamb's book of life. It's eternal family where you belong, where you're designed for. So this passage we read from, it warns, warns us to avoid easy, complacent attitude towards eternal destiny of our soul. An easy, complacent attitude. It warns against religious presumption. We're religious and therefore we're, we're presuming, we're presumptuous. We're just like, oh, I'll be there. It's all good, it's all good. You know, I mentioned it earlier, but death ends man's opportunity for salvation. So we have a window. We have a window while that, that heart is ticking, while there's breath in our lungs. You got to watch out for a second chance th- Theologies that say, "Oh, there'll be. Don't worry, there'll be another chance. There'll be, you know, whether it's, well, you'll go purgatory and you can rethink it again and all this stuff, or you can, you know, uh, you'll be part of the 144,000. You get another chance to. Re- I'm just saying, man, get in while the getting's good. <laughs> Who wants to play with that kind of fire, that kind of dangling over eternity? 
Lord, help me. Cling to Jesus. Cling to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. So we must know Jesus in a personal way that is characterized by faith and trust in his shed blood for our salvation from our sin. Woo, come on, somebody. I, it, you know, it's some of these, these dialogues that Jesus has and these little parables, are, in a way they're self-explanatory, but in a way they're ever-expansive. They're just kind of like, they're just exploding with significance for all of eternity. And we either get it in this life and receive it and walk in it, or we could be the, the shocked ones, shocker at the end of the age. Okay, let's look at one, one last thing. I just want to touch on those couple parables right before that. That's Luke 13, 18. Luke 13, 18. Then Jesus asked, what is the kingdom of God like? You know, when God asks a question, he's not really asking a question, right? He's trying to make you think because he's got the answer. Here it comes. What shall I compare it to? It is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air perched in its branches. And so it's such a simple uh, parable. You know, it's what is it? It's, a, it's, again, just that little seed. I mean, God is not afraid of little. Humans are. <laughs> we don't want to be little. We don't want to be diminished. We don't want to be like, we're always trying to get big. And God's like, hey, I'll... I love seeds. I actually do everything with seeds. It all starts with seeds. It starts small if it's the kingdom. If it starts big, be suspect. But he says he plants a mustard seed, a tiny seed. You guys ever seen a mustard seed? It's just like a, these little specks, right? He says, but it becomes a tree planted in the garden. It becomes a great tree, even where the birds can perch on it. I mean, who's ever seen? I remember I was in Nova Scotia. We were canoeing. Actually, you guys saw an eagle at Eagle's Landing last yesterday. They sent me a video of bald eagle up there just soaring. That's pretty awesome. And, uh, but I remember when I was in, in Nova Scotia, we'd be canoeing in between the lakes that lead to the ocean there. And there'd be, um, there'd be these trees. And you could almost count on it. The biggest, tallest tree, the highest place you look up there, and there's a bald eagle's nest right there, perched right on the very top, the high place. You know, God wants his eagles in the high place. You've got to be in the tree of the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is like a tree, and you're supposed to be perched up there. Hello. If you live in the lowlands, I doubt you're even an eagle. Eating the, eating the food of the earth and running around like a chicken. You know, we're, we're, we're called to soar. But it's interesting, too, though. I, I just pictured this. This is me thinking about this parable for a moment. But, you know, other types of birds perch on trees, don't they? And, and even the, the scripture where it says the birds came and took away the seed that was planted, the word of God. They snatched away the seed. So it speaks of a demonic realm also. 
And God doesn't seem to bother, it doesn't seem to bother him to allow different types of birds to perch, to, to land, to be to the wheat and the tares growing side by side, the, the demonic birds and the eagles. And, 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 and we get frustrated by it because we long for perfection. We're like, oh God, this is such a mess down here. I mean, Lord, how long must we tarry with this injustice and this evil and the, and the, and the wickedness? And, and, the, and the Lord says, just calm down and just be who you are. Be the eagle I've called you to be. Rise to your high calling. Live in the top of the tree of the kingdom of God. And watch how God will sort it all out. He's going to sort it all out, you guys. There's a day, I'm telling you, he's going to break the teeth of the wicked. But until then, there's a tension and there's an opportunity. You know, I just got this phrase earlier today, and I think I'm going to preach on it, and it's going to be awesome. But it's because I felt like it's such an explosion of the spirit when I received it. I just, I just, it's called good times in the end times. I mean, we, we can't allow the devil to steal our joy. Okay. Some of the best times to be alive in the, in the, in, in human history is going to be the end times. Yeah. There's going to be calamities and all this stuff, but there's going to be good times in the end times. Get ready. I'll probably bring that in a couple weeks or so. But the Lord began to download stuff to me that the enemy's trying to steal our joy and out of trepidation, out of just fear and like, what is happening? Everything's shaking. And the Lord said, no, I need my people to be bursting with joy. Ooh, I'm, I'm getting into it. I'll, I'll save that for another time. Oh, Lord have mercy. Good times in the end times. Daniel's got a little phrase, him and, and some of the guys say, was it no bad days? No bad days. That's, that's good. We, we need that kind of stuff. He just declared it was no bad days. Even when he's having a bad day, it's still not a bad day, right? <laughs> he called us when he was over in Hawaii, and it was like one, one tragedy after another. It was like, oh, my goodness. And he was like, with the enemy, like, no bad days. I'm like, well, I hope it doesn't get any worse, because I don't know where your definition of bad comes in. But... <laughs> <clears throat> Anyways, it was a great day. See, it's a real thing. Okay, um, let's do one more little par- little parable. How about that? One more. Again, he asked. This is Jesus trying to make his people think. What shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. That's it. <laughs> See, Jesus wasn't one of those preachers like Paul where at least four hours later he got people falling out of the windows. You know, they have to resurrect the poor kid. It's like, it's like, and then he goes back to preaching again. It's like, <laughs> might want to take a note. Maybe you're preaching too long, but no, as soon as they resurrect the boy, like, now let's finish. Of course, they didn't have internet. You know, they, the only time was when the apostle came to town and they, they're making the most of the moment. However, Jesus knows how to get right to the point, short and sweet. Here it is again. What shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. So, again, yeast, who's who's made bread? Anyone made bread here? We got some bread makers? All right. Okay. Okay. so when you make bread, how much yeast do you have to put in compared to the rest of it? It's just a little bit, right? Again, that seed concept. 
And so it just takes a little portion of the kingdom of God, a little dabble, do you? Just, and it's going to work. It's going to start growing. It happened like that out of the first century church. Out of, you know, 120 people with the Holy Spirit starts to eventually just flips the whole Roman Empire upside down. And eventually they say, hey, if you can't beat them, join them. At 300 AD, you know, in Constantinople, I think I, I, I think that was the guy. Constantinople. Anyways, that guy, the emperor, says, says hey, we're going to make Christianity the, the national state religion and, and all this stuff. And eventually, you know, it just kept growing. It kept working itself through the whole batch. And, and I'm telling you, here at the end of the age, when you, and I, I'm not saying that lightly, I think things are n- never like we've ever seen them. I think things are rocking and rolling, and, and, and there's evidence of it. I mean, it's, it's actually accelerated on a level like you can't even, I heard someone saying, this is un- unbelievable, literally, he said it like three times, I don't know the reference, but he said that knowledge, remember Daniel says at the end, end, end times, when there'll be such trouble and distress on the earth as never before, he says that people will, We'll, we'll travel here and there. Of course, we see the modern travel that's happening. But he says knowledge will increase. And someone said that every 10 hours, our knowledge doubles right now since uh, 2021. Like there's something that's just exploding in the scientific realms. And it doesn't seem like it because ex- experts seem like they're out of their minds. But <laughs> that's other agendas coming in, believe me. But, but there's an explosion of knowledge that's happening right now. That is amazing. And I believe that God wants us to be the same in the knowledge of the word of God and just be able to go there. doesn't matter, I mean, you young guys, it doesn't, you don't have to wait till you're 30, 40, 50 or something. I mean, and, and even us who have been in it for decades, all of a sudden, things that we've read, I've read that like 20 times, you know, it's like all of a sudden, new revelation, new revelation, application. God's doing it. There's an acceleration of knowledge right now. And it's not just for the sake of evil. Amen. So why was I saying, oh yeah, the dough, the, the yeast. And of course, Jesus other times says, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees. So evil can also get in and, and spoil the whole batch. But at the same time, so can righteousness in the kingdom of heaven. Just, just get me some of that in there and you watch how it'll start to take over, start to flood and fill the whole place. That's why I love this little company right here. They just on Friday nights, just hitting the streets and just pounding away, pounding away, uh, serving the poor. Whatever we do, wherever we go, just, uh, just give me a little company of sincere-hearted believers and watch what God will do. Just give me a little bit of yeast that are willing to serve the least. See what I did there? Uh, and, and God will do something. <laughs> God will do stuff time and time again. And that's the joy of our journey. We don't have to wait till we're big. We don't have to wait till we have so much money. We don't have to wait, wait for the right uh, light system or this or that. God is working if we're faithful with the small things. The other stuff will be, will be added to us. He'll be added to us. You watch and see. I think God's going to blow our minds. You watch and see how God's going to add to us as a community and to you as you're faithful. And, and, but but the, the danger is if when we get in there and start thinking, I got to do it the way the world, we start manipulating and working it. That's all the Pharisees were doing. They're just working it because they really didn't trust God in the first place. But they wanted a big name. And God <laughs> certainly did not impress God at all. I never knew you away from me. So let's pray and let's see where we go from here. We can go ahead and get a little keyboard action. Thank you, Jesus.
Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the words of Jesus. We thank you for the red letters. We thank you for the seed of your kingdom that grows, becomes the largest tree in the garden, outgrows everything else, outshines everything else, outlasts everything else. Thank you for the the yeast of your kingdom mixed into a large sinful world. Just mix that yeast in and it'll go all throughout the world even to the very last nations. The kingdom of, of the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all nations all peoples and then the end will come and we thank you for our portion Lord we get to to do your bidding Lord to be a light in the darkness thank you God thank you Jesus mighty God want to know you. We want to sincerely know you. To revere you. Lord, we want to be there. We just say, just picture it for a moment, just that you actually get to be there when Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets of the kingdom are taking their seats, and you got a spot right there. David. Whoa. There's Isaiah. And we get to be there. We get to be part of that family, that great company. That cloud of witnesses who are willing to be witnesses on earth. Thank you, Jesus. pray you strengthen our hearts, Lord. Strengthen our resolve. Give us more vigor to seek hard after you, Lord. Not in a sense of works for salvation, but passion because of the purpose for which you've left us here. The purpose and the privilege of knowing you, making you known, Lord. our passion this morning, Lord. More passion for Jesus. Mighty God. Father, I thank you. You're a rewarder of those who earnestly seek you. You reward the faithful, Lord. Nothing goes unnoticed. You see our devotion, Lord. Jasmine's parents right here. Remind me your names again. I'm sorry. Jonathan and Michelle. All right. I knew Jonathan and Michelle. Okay. 
Father, we just thank you for this family. And, and uh, I just felt something special on you guys when I saw you come in. And uh, I felt it because it's true. There, there really is a calling. There's a unique calling on you as a kingdom couple. And you've blazed trails. I've seen you as pioneers, like just being willing to go like the wind to go by faith, to live by faith. I see you just living by faith and following the wind. And, uh, and I feel like the Lord said, there's, now there's another wind coming and it's going to be behind your back. The wind is not always going to be having to break through the wind to cut through. But I see like the wind at your back pushing you, lifting you, lifting you. I just see like there's there's a shift, but there's also promotion. There's also um, yeah. I just see we've been talking about doors, but I see doors of opportunity, doors of opportunity. In times when you would think, wow, just, everyone just needs to bat, batten down the hatches and hunker down, but I feel like the Lord said there's creativity. There's opportunity. Jonathan, you got like so much creativity in you. I just feel like, like literally you're like bursting with creativity and the Lord loves it. He loves it. It's part of how he designed you. He's like, he's like watch this one. I'm going to make him a little, a little extra. And I feel like that's, the Lord says it's not done. There's new levels. There's new, uh, I just see, um, woo, yeah. It sounds, it's sound waves, it's reverberations and celebrations onto the king. I don't, know, I don't know what all it is, but it's good stuff. We bless you. The Lord wants to breathe on that. He wants to breathe on that. I just see you raising up a company of young ones, too. Like what's in you has to be multiplied. I don't, you might already have ways to do that, but if not, there's something about multiplying uh, an army of worshiping warriors. Woo, come on. And, and Michelle, I feel like I, what I was getting for you is a real prophetic spirit. I said when I was talking about the eagle, I just saw like, the Lord said that she's my eagle and, and you're, you're called to soar. You're called to, to, to fly into the sun, fly into the light. And I just see that there's new vision and articulation coming to you and dreams and opening up the scriptures and, and a real spirit of, of a, I just feel like there's yeah, mentoring and teaching. And I don't know, there's a reconnecting for you guys, a, re, a rearranging. And, but Lord, we just bless them. Lord, we just thank you for this kingdom couple, Lord, this kingdom family, Lord, Lord, and all their children will be blessed, exceedingly blessed, Lord, because you've chosen paths of righteousness. And you've said some of them felt kind of way out there or just off the beaten track, but the Lord said, it's because I've called you to blaze, to blaze trails. Woo! But there's also, uh, I don't know, there's just new paths that are before you, new doors. Look for them. Look for them. Woo. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
let's just stand up and we'll close out this time. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. at your table, Lord. I want to be part of the family. I thank you for the invitation. We say yes, Lord. us in the straight and narrow path. Keeps us in the light, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Sharpen us, Lord. Sharpen our swords. Lord, I pray for a blessing on every family here this morning, those watching online. Lord, extraordinary blessing. Your face would shine upon us, Lord. You grant us peace. Lift up your countenance upon us, God in the light of your presence.
Just thank Him. Let a fragrance come out of your heart. Fragrance of praise, of worship, of thanksgiving.